This is Generation Justice, broadcasting from the University of New Mexico, 89.9 KUNM and KUNM.org. I'm your host, Maya Quinones. And I'm your co-host, Nidal Jawad. Generation Justice is a multimedia project that trains youth to create media that inspires social change. For the past 30 years, Africana Studies at the University of New Mexico has ushered in Black History Month celebrations with the annual Black History Month kickoff brunch. Black History Month celebrates the important contributions of black people throughout American history, and every year, Africana Studies invites a special keynote speaker to open the celebration. Previous speakers have included Maya Angelou, Rosa Parks, Cornell West, and last year, Sabrina Fulton. This year's keynote speaker will be Rosalind M. Brock, the board chair for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or NAACP. She's the youngest and only the fourth woman to hold the position. Generation Justice was honored to attend the kickoff brunch, and tonight we're sharing Ms. Brock's full keynote address. As always, we'll bring you another wonderful installment of Community Calendar. And some great music. First, we will be playing Lift Every Voice and Sing, also known as the Black National Anthem, sung by Ray Charles. After numerous student strikes and protests, the Black Studies program at San Francisco State University was founded in 1968. Here in New Mexico, the founding of Africana Studies just two years later in 1970 was also a direct result of the courageous struggle of black students. Barbara Brown Simmons, Sam Johnson, and Joe Long were the student leaders at UNM that helped establish the Black Student Union in 1967 and led the fight for the Africana Studies program in 1970. Barbara Brown Simmons wrote the proposal for the program, which was entitled To Break the Chains. 2015 marks the 45th anniversary of Africana Studies at UNM. Since its founding, the program has dedicated itself to the study of peoples of Africa and African descent and also to social justice and community service right here in our state. On January 31, 2015, Africana Studies hosted its annual kickoff brunch with keynote speaker Rosalind Brock. Rosalind Brock earned three different master's degrees, is a Baptist preacher, and made history in 2010 when she became the youngest woman to become chairman to the board of directors of the NAACP. Essence Magazine has listed her as one of the 40 fierce and fabulous women who are changing the world. Now, here's part one of Rosens Brock keynote speech. My friends, I bring you greetings on behalf of the nation's oldest and largest civil rights organization, the most cussed and discussed organization in our nation, who for over 105 years has left an indelible mark for generations yet unborn. To the students who are assembled here today, I'm confident that upon your departure from this great university, you will be equipped with the tools and the strategies required to become compassionate servant leaders, successful CEOs, engineers, healthcare administrators, social entrepreneurs, innovators, and game changers in the global marketplace. For a few moments, I'd like each of you to consider 
how you will use those acquired skills with your innate gifts and talents to make a broader impact to literally change the world. The current political, economic, and social landscape in our nation is daunting at best. But I encourage you to harness the power inherent within you to think bravely and passionately, and then ask yourself this question. What would I do if I knew I could not fail? What would I do if I knew I would not fail? Think about it for a moment. How will I actively support social, cultural, and economic development in our communities to enhance the quality of life for all New Mexicans. Now students, find that courage, strength, and purpose in that answer, and your own bold mark of leadership will begin to unfold. You know, we recently celebrated the birthday of the drum major for justice, Dr. Martin Luther King. He led the fight in 1965 for voting rights in his march in Alabama that is now immortalized in a motion picture called Selma. And I would encourage all of you to go out and see the movie. This year, 2015, marks the 50th anniversary of the Voting Rights Act that was instrumental in helping communities of color achieve many of the political, social, and economic advances of the last 50 years. But what moviegoers may not know is that the struggle to secure voting rights is not, my friends, ancient history. It continues today. In 2013, the Supreme Court struck down key provisions of the Voting Rights Act, ruling that since they said times had changed, it was no longer necessary to subject certain parts of the country to scrutiny from the Justice Department. In the African-American community, we've been challenged this past year on more than just our right to vote, but literally our right to live. We've watched with horror as one young unmanned, unarmed African-American man after another was killed by police from Ferguson, Missouri to Staten Island, New York. In neither of these cases did the grand jury indict the officers so that the evidence could be adjudicated in a court of law. In November of last year, I joined NAACP volunteers and leaders who walked 134 miles from Jefferson City, Missouri to the capital city. It was a painful experience, my friends with some people holding up Confederate flags and shouting the N-word as we walked along the highway. And in a small town called Rosebud, Missouri, we were welcomed on Main Street with the sight of a 40-ounce bottle of beer, a bucket of fried chicken, and a watermelon. That was the welcoming committee. Viewing this scene made the history in the movie Selma much more real. But I believe this morning, 
that as our forebears overcame, we too shall overcome. But we must continue to encourage peaceful protest until we have a system of community policing in our towns and in our cities that protects communities of color and not victimize them. I was deeply inspired by all of the young people of every race and creed who came out by the tens of thousands across this nation to demand equal justice and protection under the law. But my friends, let's not fool ourselves. Our problem with guns, however, is not just from police and vigilantes. We have an epidemic in our own community of black-on-black -black crime and violence. And it must come to an end. In our neighborhoods, we must raise the hopes, the dreams, the expectations, and the opportunities of all of our children so that violence against each other is not the only solution that they see to their problems. When our children look into our faces, they should see faces of hope and people of action. I submit to you this morning that violence is not the answer. It is not the answer in our urban streets or in the streets of Paris or the vast war-torn areas of the Middle East. In our global village, we need authentic servant leaders who understand that life is about others and service to others is the rent we pay for the space we occupy. Scott, as Dr. King said, we must live together as brothers and sisters or we'll perish together as fools. But to my younger friends, let me share this with you. Tweeting, posting, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat would not be enough to change our current situation unless we use that social media to get out to the voting box and into the streets and into the halls of power to have our voices heard. Socrates said, quote, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. We must be the change that we seek in society. And so as we look across the national landscape about voting rights, healthcare is another social justice issue that we must be concerned about. The healthcare landscape is changing and is a contentious point in the American politics in our nation. Despite the measured success of the Affordable Care Act in states like Kentucky and Arizona, the Congress continues to debate ways to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. Just three days following the midterm elections last November, the Supreme Court agreed to hearings later this year to decide whether the law was constitutional for trying to ensure that all Americans have access to quality, affordable health care. Our world has become a global village, interconnected and interdependent. 
Some would say that we live in a global society where capital goods, information and images, power and people flow across national and international borders with unprecedented ease. Unfortunately, the pace of progress and prosperity has been slow and uneven for many in the global village. Many citizens in the global village find themselves disconnected and worlds apart from policymakers who refuse to allocate precious resources and make critical decisions about the delivery and the management of sorely needed goods and services. The changing face of the global economy should reflect a dramatic shift in the ideology and the resource allocation towards those who have traditionally been left outside of the system. The 422,000 uninsured New Mexicans need more than just a 300-page audit of behavioral health by your attorney general. The policy of disinvestment, Dr. Jefferson, in public health sector and education programs wreak havoc on communities of color and those in need. And it results in an unequal power balance and a distribution of wealth. Some would proffer that health status and its significant impact on growth and prosperity in a society are not adequately factored into the economic matrix of partisan politics in Washington and in states across this nation. Contrary to the economic fairy tale, the rising tide that was intended to lift all boats has left many drowning in despair. Extreme poverty and ill health are the vestiges of a market-driven system that excludes affected populations from the design and the implementation of quality, affordable services. Dr. King wrote in 1966, of all the forms of inequity, injustice in the healthcare system is the most shocking and inhumane. Violence in our community, voting rights, skyrocketing health care, and immigration reform are issues that should be on our radar. No matter where you fall on the immigration reform debate, what is clear is that our immigration system in this nation is not working. And we need to do something to enact a fair and humane immigration policy that keeps families united and provides a credible pathway to citizenship. What Rosalind Brock had to say about future leaders was really inspiring. I personally intend to be a positive leader in the future, and I hope it can inspire people the way she does. I agree, Maya. Leaders are important because they help build a better future. Thank you, Rosalind Brock, for being an inspiration to us. In Rosalind Brock's speech, she mentioned the movie Selma. Here's a song from Selma called Glory by John Legend and Common. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure. 
February is an important month in black history. The 15th Amendment that freed the slaves was passed in February. Frederick Douglass, W.E.B. Du Bois, and Rosa Parks were all born in February. In February of 1960, four black college students refused to leave a segregated Woolworth lunch counter in Greensboro, North Carolina. Five years later, in 1965, the world mourned the death of Malcolm X, also in February. To kick off History Month celebrations, every February, Africana Studies at UNM hosts its annual brunch the last Saturday in January. Earlier, we heard part one of this year's keynote speech by Ms. Rosalind Brock. Now, here's part two. You who work at the university understand clearly that education is the gateway to economic prosperity in our nation, and it remains the best pathway for our children to win the future for our nation. Improving health, education, and economic wealth of people in vulnerable communities, I agree, is a daunting task, regardless of the economic climate. There are no easy solutions and no quick fixes. However, wanton disregard is not a viable option. I ask you to consider this question. When will we as a nation acknowledge that it is a crime to spend billions of tax dollars building and investing in prisons and improving new technologies for our smartphones and our tablets and not make the same investments to provide health care coverage through the renewal of CHIP programs for our nation's schools so that we can create smart children? Researchers have found that children who have health insurance perform better on tests. They're more focused in class, and they have, my friends, higher self-esteem. They walk a little straighter, talk a little clearer, and have a vision for the future. And those of us who work in communities, we must begin to ask these questions that others have often forgotten to ask. How can communities impact the systems created within the global village to manage their own unique problems? How should the data be collected and analyzed? Who is responsible for the health, the wealth, and the education of our children? And who should be targeted for primary intervention? If not us, then who? And if not now, then when? The survival of our republic demands and depends that we work together for our mutual success. Our community agenda must be about the fundamental building blocks of a decent and a thriving society. Everyone across this state and this nation need living wage jobs, affordable quality health care, excellent public schools, a clean environment, safe neighborhoods, and a truly fair justice system. And so I ask you the question, how long would it take? How long? How long? Not long. That day becomes closer every time we agree to work together 
instead of against each other. Every day that we devote ourselves to making ourselves product of a larger community of goodwill, men and women, black and white, Native Americans, Latino and Asians, old and young, gay and straight, disabled and temporarily abled body, everybody needs to come together to work on the challenges in our community. Our new community of justice seekers, I see you. I see you. Clergy, business leaders, educators, entrepreneurs, political leaders. You are part of justice seekers who must join a burgeoning army of freedom fighters who are rising up and showing themselves mighty and showing themselves strong. Because only when we work together can we breathe new life into our justice movements so that our fellow Americans can once again breathe free of the filthy stench of racism, of oppression, lack of equal opportunity, and voter suppression. We all have a vested interest in improving the plight and the conditions of our neighborhoods. As Americans from every walk of life are asking these questions. How do I go to work when I don't feel well? How do I find a doctor when I'm sick? And how do I decide which of all my bills I have to pay? My mortgage, my rent, my prescription bill, my student loan, or the payday lender? The silence in America has been deafening as individuals across the length and breadth of this nation who feel locked out of a prosperous society repeatedly ask this question. Is anybody listening? Does anybody care? Is anybody listening this morning? Does anybody care? I believe you care because you're here. But I challenge you this morning, it's your time. It's your time to make a difference. But we can't rely on anybody to do anything for us that we are not prepared to do for ourselves. The great theologian Howard Thurman said, there is something within each of us that waits and listens for the genuine in ourselves. It is the only true God we will ever have. And if we cannot hear it, we will always be at the end of strings that somebody else pulls. It means we are their puppets. So how long? Not long. The arc of the universe is long. But my friends at the University of New Mexico, I submit to you this morning that it bends toward justice. Together, we can be the ones that bends that arc in our time. As I take my seat, I'm grateful again to Dr. Scott Carruthers and Dr. Jefferson and also to President 
Dr. Robert Frank and the University Chancellor, Dr. Paul Roth, for the invitation to come and stand before you this morning. But as I take my seat in classic Baptist fashion as I close, I want to leave with you the words of an African proverb about a band of elephants crossing a river. You with me? There were some big elephants, there were some medium-sized elephants, and there were some little bitty elephants walking across the African terrain. And as they were walking, the elephants came upon a river. Now those big elephants who were with this group, they didn't have a problem getting in and walking across the rough waters. They got in and they started walking. The medium-sized elephants started walking across the river. You still with me? But you know, there's something about elephants. They are known for what? They're stellar memories. Elephants don't forget, y'all. So someone part way to middle, I'm from the country, somewhere part way to middle, one of those elephants yelled up to the leader and said, Sister Leader, <laughs> Sister Leader, we've got some little bitty elephants still standing on the banks of the river afraid to get in and cross over on dry ground. Seeing this situation, those big elephants didn't call a town hall meeting. Those big elephants didn't write a government grant. Those big elephants didn't write a dissertation and a research paper on why the little bitty elephants, their etiology did not help them cross over and get in the river. Those big elephants, my friends, simply turned around and got back in the water. And they stood shoulder, Mr. Rucks to shoulder. And they allowed their bodies to create a dam that parted the waters. Y'all still with me? And as they parted the waters, those little bitty elephants were able to cross over on dry ground. Y'all looking at me funny now, but the moral of the story is this. That once you make it, and once you make it, and once you make it, and once you make it, don't forget to remember to turn around and get back in the water to help somebody cross over on dry ground. I wish I had one or two big elephants in this room this morning who are willing to stand up this morning and get back in the water to stand with Dr. Jefferson, to stand with Dr. Carruthers. Is there anybody here, any big elephants in the room, who are going to stand with the black urban studies programs here at this university? Do I see any big elephants who are going to support the minority students at this university? Is there anybody here, big elephants, who's going to stand shoulder to shoulder and help those little bitty elephants cross over on dry ground? If you remember nothing else, remember this. Leadership is not a title, it's action. And courage 
must not skip this generation, peace and power. The thing that stood out to me the most about what Rosalind Brock had to say was what she mentioned about courage. I believe that because we are young people, courage is hard to find within us, but it is necessary if we are going to make change happen. Rosalind Brock, I'd like to thank you for your speech and being an inspiration to us all. Now here's a song called The Charade by D'Angelo and the Vanguard. have reached that point of the show again time for community calendar get out your calendars because on monday march 2nd that means tomorrow at 7 p.m there will be a lecture on student activism at unm in the dane smith hall in room 225 hmm sounds interesting sounds like there will be some cool people there yes there will be nora barros friedman an award-winning journalist will be there as well as students for justice in palestine out queer grads and many more Sounds fantastic, but you know what else sounds fantastic? What's that, Nadal? It's on Thursday. What's on Thursday? The Public Forum for Longer-Term Homelessness Solutions. It will take place at the Albuquerque Peace and Justice Center at 6 p.m. Does this have anything to do with the shutdown of Tent City? Exactly. If you have any ideas on solutions for helping the resident of Tent City, you should be at this forum. For more information, you can contact the Albuquerque Peace and Justice Center at 505-268-9557. Hey, Maya, do you want to learn about the road to graduate school and academia for the stories of the UNM Faculty of Color? That sounds cool. This event will be on Monday, March 2nd, from 5 to 6 p.m. Join the Raza Graduate Student Association for the RGSA March 2015 Faculty of Color Spotlight with Dr. Antonio T. Tianson, Jr. from American Studies. And guess what, Maya? What? Refreshments will be provided. It will be at El Centro de la Raza. For more information, contact R-A-Z-A-S-G. S-A at U-N-M E-D-U. That's it for Calendar for this week. So many amazing things happening in our community. I hope you wrote them all down. Now here's a song called Microwave America by Greenhouse. Conjure the conscious to contribute to our children's development. We live lost for the hell of it and burn bridges for the smell of it. Microwave America, weapons of mass media and God we trust as long as fear and lust can be our mascots. Reward the haves and punish the have-nots. Place princes and princesses on pedestals, harvest silver spoons as cash crops. We have reached the end of tonight's program. Thank you all for joining us this evening as we celebrate Black History Month. Huge thanks to Rosalind Brock for sharing the, her insight, ideas, and inspiring words at this year's Black History Month kickoff brunch. Thank you to the students, staff, and faculty of the Africana Studies program. We would also like to thank all of the universities and community organizations who supported Africana Studies in making this brunch happen. Our producer for tonight's show is Christina Rodriguez. Shout out to Jakia Fuller for capturing the audio from the Black History Month kickoff brunch. And thanks to this week's editor, Chantal Trujillo. Engineering in studio tonight is Kamaria Umi. George Luna Peña, Melissa Harris, Roberta Rael all worked on the production of this program.
And last but certainly not least, much appreciation to all of our youth media makers here at Generation Justice. We couldn't do what we do without you. Stay connected with us. Check out our website, generationjustice.org, where you can listen to all of our past radio programs, see music playlists, read our blogs, watch videos, and much more. Also, our podcasts are now available on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe. We're also active on social media, so please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the McCune Foundation, and, of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. I'm your host, Nadal Jawad. And I'm your co-host, Maya Quinones. We'll close with a few songs, then coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned. See you next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Bye, y'all. Give me the fortune, keep the fame, said my man Lewis. I agreed, know what he mean, because we live the truest lie. I asked him why we follow the law of the bluest eye. He looked at me, he thought about it, was like I'm clueless. Why? The question was rhetorical, the answer was horrible. Our morals are out of place, I got our lives full of sorrow. And so tomorrow coming later than usual, waiting on someone to pity us. While we find the beauty in the hideous, they say money's the root of all evil, but I can't tell, you know what I mean? Pesos, Frank Shams, Cowie Shells, Dollar Bills. Spin.